0: Chapter 34 To Rebuild the Catholic City Liberalism, it is for thee that I die, says the church today in its death throes. It can say like Jesus addressing those who came to arrest him, this is your hour and the power of darkness. It is there at Gethsemane, but it could not die. It has the look of a city occupied by the enemy. But the resistance to the liberal sect is organizing and strengthening itself. This is the sect that we saw rise up in the 16th century from the Protestant revolt, then to become the instigator of the revolution. For a century and a half of struggle, Without truce, the popes have condemned the principles and points of the application of liberalism. In spite of that, the sect has pursued its path. We have been present at its penetration into the Church under the pretense of an acceptable liberalism, with the idea of reconciling Jesus Christ with the Revolution. Then we learned with amazement of the plot of penetration of the Catholic hierarchy by the liberal sect. We have seen its progress right up to the highest positions and its triumph at the Second Vatican Council. We have had liberal popes. The first liberal pope, the one who scoffed at the prophets of doom, convened the first liberal council in the history of the Church. The gates of the sheepfold have been opened, and the wolves have come into the flock, and they have massacred the sheep. Then came the second liberal pope, the double-faced pope, the humanist pope. He overturned the altar, abolished the sacrifice, and profaned the sanctuary. The third liberal pope has come onto the scene the Pope of the Rights of Man, the Ecumenist Pope, the Pope of the United Religions, and he has washed his hands and he has veiled his face in front of so many heaped-up ruins in order not to see the bleeding wounds of the daughter of Sion, the mortal injuries of the Immaculate Spouse of Jesus Christ. As for me, I will not resign I will not content myself with being merely present, my arms dangling as I watch the death throes of my mother, the Holy Church. To be sure, I do not share the smug optimism of the soothing sermons of this kind. We are living in an exalted period of time. The council is an extraordinary renewal. Long live this age of cultural overthrow, Our society is now characterized by religious pluralism and free ideological competition. Beyond a doubt, this advance of history is accompanied by some quote-unquote losses. No religious practice, dispute of all authority, Christians becoming once more a minority. But see what advantages there are. Christians are the leaven hidden in the dough, the soul of the vitally Christian pluralistic city in gestation, the mover of the ideals of the new world that is being built, more fraternal, more peaceful, and more free. I cannot understand such blindness other than the fulfillment of the prophecy of St. Paul concerning the apostates of the last times. God himself, he says, will send them a power of incoherence so that they believe in the lie. What chastisement more terrible than a hierarchy that has lost its direction? If we can believe Sister Lucy on this, that is what Our Lady predicted in the third part of The Secret of Fatima. The church and its hierarchy will undergo a diabolical disorientation. Yet still, according to Sister Lucy, this crisis corresponds to what the apocalypse tells us of the combat of the woman against the dragon. Now the Most Blessed Virgin assures us that at the end of this struggle, her immaculate heart will triumph. If this is how things are, you will understand that in spite of everything, I am not a pessimist. The Blessed Virgin will have the victory. She will triumph over the great apostasy, the fruit of liberalism. One more reason not to twiddle our thumbs. We have to fight more than ever for the social reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this battle, we are not alone. We have with us all the popes up through Pius XII inclusively. All of them combated liberalism in order to deliver the church from it. God did not grant that they succeed. But this is no reason to lay down our weapons. We must hold on. We have to build while the others are demolishing. The crumbled citadels have to be rebuilt. The bastions of the faith must be reconstructed. Firstly, the holy sacrifice of the Mass of all times, which forms saints. Then, our chapels— which are the true parishes, our monasteries, our large families, our enterprises faithful to the social doctrine of the church, our politicians determined to make the politics of Jesus Christ. This is the whole sinew of Christian social life, Christian customs, Christian reflexes, which we have to restore on the scale that God wants at the time God wills. All that I know, the faith teaches us, it is that our Lord Jesus Christ must reign here below, now, and not only at the end of the world as the liberals would have it. While they are destroying, we have the contentment of rebuilding, a still greater happiness generations of young priests are participating with zeal in this task of the reconstruction of the church for the salvation of souls. Our Father, Thy kingdom come. Long live Christ the King. Holy Ghost, fill the hearts of Thy faithful. O Mary, be our Queen. We belong to Thee. This has been a reading of They Have Uncrowned Him, written by Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre, translated from the 1987 French edition by Father Gregory Post, narrated by Michael Shestock, Copyright 1988 by Angelus Press. Production copyright 2022 by Angelus Press.